Blog Talk Radio. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, big day, fantasy football championships today, tomorrow, unless you're in a crappy league and next week counts. Hopefully you're not. So uh, we'll preview that for everybody. Uh, filling in for Rob, we have Mike. Heard he's an excellent on, sports folks? guy and uh, excited to have him with us. And Vinny returns from uh, a nice vacation. Saw you toward Miami Park. I did. I did. It was a good time over there. It was good to be in the hot weather. And here we are back in the cold rain. But good to be back on the show. And I have to ask you right away. I saw they were selling Don Mattingly Miami jerseys, Vinny. <laughs> yes, they were. Um, they had to take their Stanton stuff down, which was funny because they still had some stuff up of him, uh, like his bats, uh, where he keeps his bat and stuff. But, yeah, they um, they don't have much uh, options to sell, so they're selling their manager's jersey. Yeah, but somebody who's left. never played for the team, we're going to sell our manager's jersey. I'm sure it's a popular item in Miami, but uh, let's get right to it, guys. The big story of the week obviously has to be the New York Islanders winning the bid against a soccer team for the Belmont Stadium over there, the arena. It was a $1 billion bid supported by the Mets owner, who uh, is broke but had enough money to uh, support this bid, uh, as well as James Dolan, the Rangers owner, uh, also was a part of this bid. But billion-dollar bid, like I mentioned, uh, 18,000-seating arena, they're going to put a hotel there. They're going to put stores there. It's going to uh, economic growth for Nassau County, as they like to call it. So first off, let me ask you guys, what do you think about the arena going there? I was surprised. I mean, um, they're back in Nassau County. I know a lot of Islander fans are happy about that. But I guess that's pretty cool because the Barclays is absolutely a terrible place to watch hockey. I don't know if you've been there or not. The scoreboard's not lined up. They have a car sitting where there could be seats. It's just a terrible environment for hockey, and their ticket sales are terrible as well. Not a lot of people go there, and the Islanders are playing somewhat well. And I know there's a lot of loyal fans that used to sell at the Coliseum. So in terms of just a hockey environment, it's definitely good to have them back closer to home. I don't. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of like refreshing that there. It seems like the owner, you know, it, it just feels like a move for the fans, and that's just something that you're just. You, you know, if you ask Met fans and Jet fans, kind of just how they feel about their ownership, you you get a really terrible vibe. So for like ownership groups and like politicians or whatever it took to get it done, it, it just feels like a move for the fans. I just I I have to imagine that's like a really good feeling. Not only if you're an Islander fan, but if you live in like the general area and you just get enthused about having a professional sports team like nearby, like it's pretty cool. I mean. Not a hockey guy, but, you know, and I don't live on Long Island anymore, but I still think I, I always liked the idea of having, like, a professional sports team just, you know, right over here. So it's, it's good to have the Islanders back on Long Island. Definitely not an Isles hater by any stretch. I like that they're on Long Island. So. And me and Big Mike are Isles Yeah, haters. I have no problem saying it. I am an Isles hater, Mike. Um, uh, Goon's giving me the thumbs down over there. Start the yes chant, Goon. Uh, so basically, Vinny, you mentioned, uh, had I been to the Barclays, I went this week. Uh, my wife got free tickets. I went, I checked out the Barclays Center. First of all, it's a pain in the ass to get there. Second of all, um, you're right. It's not set up for hockey. We knew that going in. Rob has told us it's not set up for hockey. 
getting home was a pain also. And, and let me just say this. They are dead last this season in attendance. They're averaging 11,475 people per game. Um, last season, they were 28th out of 30. Still at the Barclays, 13,101. First season at the Barclays, 28th out of 30. I don't need to read you the number. And then here's the key here, guys. Last season in Nassau, while they were there at the Coliseum, they were 25th in attendance, 25 out of 30. So my question to you after reading you guys these numbers, is this going to make a difference that they have this new arena? Are people actually going to go, or is this still just going to turn into a, uh, listen, there's no market for the Islander fan? Well, I think first and foremost, it matters what their soon-to-be free agent superstar is going to do, John Tavares, because if he leaves, that team is not going to be in good shape. And no one's going to want to go see them unless they can somehow get another star, which is, I don't know how much that's going to attract anybody, including John Tavares, who's been here for his whole career. But uh, I don't know. I think at first it should start well, and then we'll see. And uh, get Mike's take in one second. But Goon is telling us uh, we do have a call. I bet you I can guess who it's going to be. Uh, what's your name? And uh, welcome to the show. This is Rob from Belmont. Now, what's going on? Oh, guys? hey, Rob. How's it going? Hello, Rob. What's going on? Nothing. I know you're opening show with Islanders, the one show that I can't make. Uh, very ironic, but uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. What's going on? Merry Christmas, Robin. Merry uh, Christmas to you. Happy Festivus. <laughs> and uh, we would love to get your take, being that uh, you are the Islander diehard uh, of the show. So uh, go ahead, Rob. The floor is yours. Well, you know, it was uh, obviously a good day for the Islanders on Wednesday to announce it and to get it. And it was a good day for the fans. And uh, and the baby just woke up, so I'm sorry if she's joining us on the show. But um, she is. <laughs> let me just say, uh, you know, outside of the Stanley Cups, which I was alive for, but clearly was too young to remember, it, a lot of people are saying this might be the best day in Islander history. And I get it; you can laugh and make fun of it and all that. But yeah, that's, you know what? It it gives them stability. It gives them security. It gives them their own arena, and it brings them back to Long Island for their fans. And it's just that uh, if you guys have heard John Ledecky ever speak. This is the kind of guy you want owning your team. And there's a lot of teams in New York that would beg and love to have a guy like Ludecky owning it. He made a promise, and he came through. So, uh, very good day for the Islanders. A third-generation arena, they said. And uh, who knows, we might even get a year out of Nassau Coliseum again out of this. Yeah, Rob. And just speaking of Ledecky, uh, I tweeted it from the show's account the other night. This is an owner that I was at the game. I just mentioned it to Vinny. He went and sat front row. He shook every hand, uh, fan's hand on the way to that front row. This wasn't somebody in a suite. wasn't somebody in a press box. He interacted at intermission with the fans. He takes the LIRR and tweets for fans to come sit with him so he can talk to the fans. I agree with you that this is one of the up-and-coming owners in sports. Yeah, and, and like I said, he, he, kept his, uh, he kept his promise. And he made three promises when he got here, and one was that he would uh, – always listen to the fans and keep an open mind. And that's what he did with um, the Barclays Center is he came in there and they just had this new – listen, Barclays is a great arena. It's a world-class arena. It was, it's one of the highest-rated um, venues in, in the world right now. It's just not made for hockey. So what did he do? He didn't say, well, screw you guys. Barclays is paying me $50 million a year, which they were, but I don't to play there. He said, hey, the fans hate it. And he took the train with the fans for the last two years to the game without telling anybody – and in the beginning, nobody knew who he was. And he would talk to fans just as a regular guy and get their thoughts on it. Fans hated it. He said, let me take the commute in, see how hard it is, or are they just being, you know, babies about it. He realized, you know what, it is a tough commute. And uh, he went out there and did something about it. And uh, you really have to commend that because, uh, you know what, not a lot of owners would be like that. 
Yeah, Rob. Uh, so listen, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I have come out and said that John Tavares is not going to re-sign there. He's going to be at least 30 years old before this arena is even opened. And I concur. He's fr- and this isn't me being an Islander hater. This is me being just a real uh, a realist uh, with sports. Um, 30 years old. He's from Canada. He's not <laughs> married yet. You can speak to that. I think he's engaged. Um, probably going to want to settle down, start a family somewhere. And he has been vocal about the commute. Other players have been vocal about the commute going back and forth. And I just think it makes more sense for a guy like this, a superstar, to, to know where he's going to play for the next two and a half seasons before the arena is built. And he's going to get the same money wherever he goes. Well, a few things to say about that. Number one, part of it is you being an Islander stated because in every group chat you write, he gone like your uh, Hawk Harrelson on the Chicago White Sox broadcast. Um, that's definitely you being a little bit of an Islander hater. But, I think he uh, retired, listen, Rob. That job might be open for me. Well, you should take it because there's actually been no I, – I can't stand listening to that guy doing uh, games. But as long as you take it, you still got to do uh, over-the-top sports. So Monday night games are <laughs> off limits for you. Uh, but other than that, listen, I'm about 80-20 that he'll come back. And that's down from 95%, I was very, very sure. So is it down a little bit? You, you make some points about him being 30. But listen, I told you that John Ledecky made three promises. One of his promises was that he was going to bring back John Tavares and he was going to stay an Islander for life. And John Ledecky has earned my trust. He's earned for me to believe what he said because he went out and did what nobody, in, including Nassau County, could do, and that's get the Islanders their own home in Nassau. Um, so he did that. Uh, I've interviewed Tavares a thousand times. Every time he said he wants to remain an Islander for life, he still says that. He's steadfast in that. Um, we'll see. Um, yes, you're right. They might not have that arena until he's 30, but don't forget he can sign eight years with the Islanders and only seven with every other team. So he'll still have five years at the arena, plus maybe an extension after that. Um, I still think he's going to sign. I know you guys are going to hate it. I know that then he wants me to be a coward and not show up on the show. If they don't sign him, I make you guys this promise. I will be on over-the-top sports. The day after he signs with another team, I promise you guys I won't cower away from it, but um, it will also be a party with Islander colored balloons when he does resign in the Vecchi basement, and I will have Alyssa help me with that because I know she's an Islander fan too. Well, I'm not buying those balloons, so that's on you. Uh, and we will open the well, show I'll with the Canadian Rob, real quick before you go, uh, two things. I just read out the attendance. Uh, I'm sure you were listening. I'd like to get your take on that. The last season at the Coliseum, they were 25th out of 30 in the NHL. Do you think that changes if there's a new arena built in Belmont? When there is a new arena, I should say, not if. And the other question, do you bet the over today? Again, if the Islanders play the Jets, it seems like every game is hitting the over. It is a lock every single game. Listen, nine out of ten games this year have hit the over for the Islanders. So, you know what? If you bet it today and it hits the under, don't worry. They'll hit the next three. I think they've uh, – I think it's 24 out of 29 so far, the last game. So, it's basically eight or nine out of ten. Um, so, yes, take it. Mason's in goal for Winnipeg. He has over three goals against average. I don't know who's in goal for the Islanders. It doesn't matter. They can't stop the beach ball. Um, and secondly, um, listen, the overall attendance is going to be bad for the Islanders regardless if you look at the numbers because the Coliseum and the Barclays are two of the smallest rinks in the league. Look at capacity. That's what I'd be worried about. What's the percent of capacity that they You have? don't want to look at um, that, Rob, because they're towards the bottom. I look at that also. Well, no, I know that too. I mean, listen, 10,000 seats at Barclays is, is definitely a, a small capacity, and that's what you get scared of translating into Belmont. If that happens, then what are you going to do? I mean, they're going to have a 49-year lease. They're not going anywhere. 
but that, right. that's where you're concerned. I think after the first two or three years, Mike, I actually think you're right. I don't think that it will be 100% capacity. It never is with the Islanders unless it's the Stanley Cup years and they're winning. That's the, just the way it is. And for 18,000 seats, Islander fans have never had to fill an 18,000-seat arena, so I don't see them doing it on a consistent basis after the newness of the arena wears off. So, actually, I, I give that one to you. I, don't, I think I'm on your side. I don't think they will. All right, Robbie, thank you for the phone call. Uh, All right, keep going for All right, Robbie, uh, thank you for, uh, for the phone call, and um, we will talk to you on Thursday. Our next show is on Thursday. There is no Monday show for Christmas. Rob, have fun at the Islander game today. All right. Well. All right. Uh, we got a Facebook Live. Her thing just shut off. And we should be on speaker here with uh, with Watson, so. All right, perfect. Okay. So we'll segment it to the NFL, guys. A uh, little bit more time on the Islanders than I'd like to spend being a Ranger fan. But it is what it is. It was a big week for them. Congratulations to all the Islander fans. Goon, congratulations. Uh, and like Vinny said, I cannot wait to play O'Canada when Tavares signs with Canada. That was a great idea, Vinny. Uh, we'll start off with the two games today in the NFL, boys. Uh, the Colts at the Ravens, the Vikings at the Packers. Um, one of these games really doesn't mean much. Uh, the Colts, Ravens, listen, Baltimore has a chance to make the playoffs. Their schedule is very favorable today and uh, next week. Spread is very high, 13 very. and a half. No Jeremy Macklin. Vinny, uh, what do you like here? I definitely like the Ravens to win, but that's a big spread, and I feel like the Colts have handled the big spreads this year despite being a bad team, not having many wins. But um, I'm not saying they get their fourth victory of the season, but I do think they're going to cover that big line because Joe Flacco can mess up a game at any time, and that's a big spread. So give me the Ravens to win and the Colts to cover. I like the Ravens to cover this game. Really, I feel like at this point in the year, you know, the Ravens are playing for something. Colts aren't playing for anything. Exactly. You're going into it's Christmas, you know, weekend. You know, nobody's really like – if you're getting up to play, it's probably because you have something to play for. I can't see the Colts coming out like and playing not, – not only – they're playing for nothing, but like their coach, like they're not playing for their coach, their lame coach. He's gone like, anyway. Yeah, like it's just, it's not like there's, there's literally nothing for them to play for here. Go on the road into Baltimore, Chuck Strong. I kind, I kind of like that thirteen and a half point number. Not that I would bet it, but if I had to take a team here, I would take Baltimore and give them a thirteen and a half. Big spreads are tough in the NFL though, and the Ravens have been notorious for disappointing, especially this season. Yeah, 13 and a half. I'm going to go on the other side. I'll take the Colts to cover. I think the Ravens get the job done. Uh, we've mentioned the schedule. Uh, they're 8-6. and six. They need the win. And next week, another favorable matchup. So I do think they get the win. 13 and a half is just too many points. Uh, the other game, Vikings-Packers. <laughs> it is now the Brett Hundley show. Yet again, Aaron Rodgers made an appearance for one week, guys. And uh, it didn't go too well. Uh, they ended up losing. He goes back to the IR. No reason to waste your franchise player. Uh, high spread here also. Vikings are giving nine as the road team. They're 11-3. and three. Still looking to secure that first-round buy. Home field advantage throughout. And, uh, guys, real quick, Jordy Nelson will be 33 years old next season. Um, he's had a, a terrible year. Do you take that Aaron Rodgers injury as that's more of the Jordy Nelson we're seeing? Or 33 years old, he's been, uh, had his own injuries. Is he starting to slow down? I always thought Jordy Nelson's always been a product of Aaron Rodgers, honestly. I don't think he could have done that with anybody besides maybe Tom Brady in that Patriots system. But um, this game definitely lost its lackluster with Rodgers not playing. Um, it would have been a lot better spread. It's going to be freezing over there. I think it's going to be under 20 uh, degrees. So um, Minnesota, they, they've been my pick in the NFC. All you know that. Skull Vikings. So I'm going to ride with Minnesota to cover that spread in Green Bay. I love Minnesota as a team. I think they're the most complete can complete team in the NFC. I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to play that home game in the Super Bowl. 
I just have a weird feeling about this game. I don't know. In Green Bay, Brett Hundley's been, like, sneaky. Like, you know, he's not good. He's not good. Almost took down the Steelers. Yeah. Like, but he's had some some moments where you're just like, maybe this guy isn't the worst player in the world. He's also had some moments where you're like, maybe this guy is the worst player in the world. But I have a weird feeling about this game. I know it contradicts everything I just said about having nothing to play for. Even though the Packers, <laughs> Packers kind of, I mean, they're technically still alive. Right? They're not mathematically eliminated. Yeah. I think, I, no, I think they, they are. They, 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 yeah, yeah, they put Aaron Rodgers on IR. But I have a weird feeling about this game. I don't think the, the Packers will, will win outright, but I think that a 9 cover is, uh, is, is something we might say. And as far as fantasy goes, guys, uh, you're firing up both Vikings running backs. I think uh, – Listen, I think they get a lead, and they end up just trying to run the ball. Uh, McKinnon PPR has been fantastic. Diggs, stealing, there's no reason that you wouldn't start either of those guys. On the other side of the ball, Jamal Williams is interesting to me, guys, because this is somebody that was thriving with Hundley as the quarterback. Last week, you saw more of a 50-50 split with Aaron Jones. I think maybe you see, you know, listen, I'm not going to say go start him over whoever. If you're in the championship game, you should have pretty good running backs. But over like a, a Mike Davis or a, a Capri Bibbs, I think I'm going Jamal Williams here. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and I've been firing up McKinnon in daily fantasy like crazy. But uh, Green Bay running backs, I'm never a big fan of. So, I, you know, not to ask me about that. <laughs> I kind of like Capri Bibbs this week. Do you? I, like I do that. too. But the, the weeks that Williams has had where Huntley was the quarterback at 20, 30, and 20, I just feel like um, maybe they rely on him a little bit more here, uh, especially in the passing game. So we'll see. Uh, just an interesting option. Uh, you know, anybody in their championship, Give us a call, and uh, we'll certainly love to give you the fantasy advice. Um, it's always funny to hear who the heroes are in the championship week because people have won leagues with, like, Tim Tebow starting yeah, as a quarterback yeah. with all the injuries and everything. Well, I'm glad Mike brought up Caprivis because I am starting him in one league. Positively. There you go. That's, that's, that's your guy. guy. Uh, they haven't ruled it out yet, but he didn't practice yesterday, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he practices today. So uh, That brings us to tomorrow's games, Christmas Eve's games, uh, the Bucks panthers another big spread, 10-and-a-half. Um, the Bucks put a bunch of people on IR this week. You saw O.J. Howard go on IR. Cameron Bright isn't sure if he's going to play. Deshaun Jackson is officially out. Um, so this 10-and-a-half spread, Bucks playing for something. Uh, I'm sorry, the Panthers playing for something. Bucks are not. Big game for the Panthers, 10-and-a-half at home. What do you guys like here? Yeah, I like Carolina, and I like them to cover. The Bucks have just really disappointed everybody since week one. And um, they, they got, they're just done. Like, all these guys are out, you just said. Uh, they're, there's nothing to play for in Tampa Bay. They have no heart. And Carolina needs the victory because that NFC South is tight, and they got a tight playoff race over there. So, I like Carolina. I like them to cover at home, too. Yeah, Tampa Bay is like between, – between just being just the most disappointing team, like, in the history – I can't think of a season that, you know, where a team came up with more fanfare. Did you watch Hard Knocks? Yeah. It was great. I thought it was great. It was. It was like the, You know, I thought it was as good a season as there was since, since the Jets season. I agree. And it was I agree. So many good characters, and it, you had such a good feeling about everything. And and they're they're just such a joke, and their coach is such a joke. And now they are just completely gutted with talent. And Carolina is like, as much as I don't like Cam, and I'm not a big Panthers guy, like they're legit. They're a legitimately really really good team. So I think they're going to blow the doors off. They're that, they're that good team that no one wants to give credit to. But no. uh, also looking it's at – like Yeah, that's why. That's true. Like that's true. And, uh, I mean, they had Jonathan Stewart, the hero, two weeks ago. Uh, they, don't, they win ugly, I guess. And they almost blew a game against the Jets. But they're winning games. But looking ahead, they got Atlanta next week. They cannot afford to lose the game to the Bucks when they got a big-time division game against Atlanta the following week. They're so, going to blow their doors off. And we'll talk Atlanta because they play the Saints this week, guys. But if Atlanta wins out, they win the division. So they hold the cards to that division. 
Uh, another note just about the Bucks. I like Mike Evans in fantasy. There's people on Twitter uh, asking, do you start Evans? Do you start Evans? There's no Deshaun Jackson. You saw Evans just get targeted like crazy last week. There's no reason you wouldn't start him. Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, guys. Last week, Greg Olson, welcome back. Huge game. Uh, you mentioned Mike Cam Newton. Um, you know, you should definitely be starting him as well. A lot of good fantasy players here. Mike, real quick, we had a poll up earlier in the year. Uh, what was the bigger disappointment? Was it the Bucks on hard knocks that they fooled us, or was it the Sopranos ending that fooled us? Listen, I, pay, I, have, I have come around on the Sopranos. All right. Okay? As initially, I threw a fit. Like I was, I, and I didn't watch it too long ago. I watched it like a year ago. And, uh, but since then, I've, I've thought about it. I think there's a, little, there's a little beauty to it. But in the moment, not a great thing. And Vito supported the ending. Yeah, he had did he? Yeah, yeah. He loved it. He loved how you could take it any different way. It so, keeps you talking. Yeah. We're still talking about it. There it was you 11 go. years so, ago. And he told us he thinks, uh, he thinks Tony think. lived. So there you go. Yeah, now, Tony's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, big game of the week, guys. Uh, Browns-Bears. Uh, Browns are 0-14 uh, at the Bears, 4-10. Vinny, your boy, Mitch Trubisky. Six and a half spread. Uh, not a note about the game, but uh, Zach Miller, if you remember that crazy injury that he had, he needs his ninth leg surgery. So he has been through absolute hell, and he's still talking about some sort of comeback. Uh, even if it's years down the, lo- uh, down the road, he wants to play again. Uh, do the Browns get their first win this week? And somebody tells me Zach Miller maybe asked for a 10-minute phone call on Over the Top Sports via Twitter one day because I don't his career lasting very long. Um, the Browns, I cannot see them getting their win. I mean, uh, they almost pulled that out against Green Bay, but the Browns are just the Browns. They always find a way to lose. And I've been saying it all year. This team is going to go 0-16. They're going to be the next 0-16 team after the Lions. And I'm, not, I'm going with my boy, Mitch Trubisky. He ain't going to let it happen. Mitch gets it done. Mitch has a good day. And you know what? Maybe Mitch Trubisky is a low-tier daily fantasy play as he torches the Browns wow. tomorrow. I think Mitch Trubisky is atrocious. <laughs> I think he is. I, I really, um, I think the Browns are about as bad a team as, as you'll ever you'll ever see. It's this guy Deshaun Kaiser is like, Not it's crazy. Funny. You watch Red Zone, you just like watch this guy, and it's like every two seconds he's popping up throwing a pick in the red zone. Like it's 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 crazy. Mike, I don't know if you saw this week. Um, Hugh Jackson said it's okay if Deshaun Kaiser doesn't work out. He was only a second round pick. He yeah. wasn't a first round pick. <laughs> so he's only a second well, round pick. playing. So if he my doesn't work out, round it's pick okay. is, my second round pick is home watching. <laughs> but uh, I think I think that uh, I have a feeling the Browns are going to win this game. Wow, I just do. I Browns, just, you know, I know they're in Chicago. I just think a weird. Yeah, I've got, the, the Bears have been. I don't think the Bears are terrible. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is terrible, but. I have a feeling the Browns are going to win this game. Plus, you 25. The Fires under the Browns' ass. they got two more games. they got to win this one or next week. And I think next week they're playing Pittsburgh. So, this is really the week yeah, to do it. it. And I'm telling you, Mitch is not going to let it happen. A career day for Mitchell Trubisky. I know I flip-flop there. I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky terrible. That's, what I, that's, <laughs> why, that's, why, that's how we're going to end that. I feel Mitch Trubisky. Mike is going not, plus not 225. So Browns under the Browns. Vinny, are you covering because they don't want to be the team. And I know a player said that. I don't know exactly who it was. They said they don't want to be the team that gives the Browns their first win. So I think the Bears are going in with the same attitude oh, as the Browns. Also, yeah. uh, Lions-Bengals. Lions giving three, eight and six. They're still fighting something. Bengals are not. Marvin Lewis is getting fired. That team is a joke. Um, you don't even know who the quarterback will be. Joe Mixon is practicing. So anybody who's been riding Gio Bernard in the playoffs, sorry, that's coming to an end. 
Uh, I'll take the Lions here, guys, giving three. I think the Bengals are a top-five worst team in the league right now. It's something that's a little fishy about that spread because I preach all the time that Matt Stafford sucks in cold weather in December. And it's only a three-point uh, away dog uh, favorite, I'm sorry. And the Bengals aren't that big of dogs. And like you said, you mentioned how atrocious they are. So I'm actually going to go with the home dog here to cover. I don't know about the win, but I always feel like the ball is in the hands of Matt Stafford late in the game. So that means I'll take the points. So that's usually what's going to cover in those situations. So give me the Bengals plus three at home. Bengals are weird. Like, they're not good. But they have moments. And they're just like, you ultimately have a bad feeling watching because they're always playing for nothing. You know, they have no chance to go anywhere. So it's like, you know, you have that weird feeling. I also agree with what you said about, about Matt Stafford and cold weather and, and his hand is a little banged up, but they are playing for something. I'm going to go with the Bengals too, because I just, I don't want to see the Lions. And not only do they're playing for something, they're not always going to win. Someone's going to disappoint. Yeah. And you just think about that for a second. Like, the chances of, of you having to watch on Wild Card Weekend, like the Lions, you know, go into St. Louis and lose by, like, 40. Like, nobody wants to watch that. Like collectively, we need to, to root for the Bengals here and root against the Lions so we can keep them out of play. Now, let me ask you this. How disappointed are you, Mike, that um, we cannot see a first-round elimination from the Cincinnati Bengals this year in the playoffs? It's one of the best things ever. It's one of the best it's a tradition unlike any so other. You've seen the Jets even knocking down the <laughs> yeah. first round. They've been the culprit of that. And, yes, it's usually one of the funniest things of uh, that time of year. I always love rooting against the Bengals first week because they can never, ever get out, and they keep bringing Marvin Lewis back. So he gets them there, and that seems to be their the bar. Just knowing it's going to happen. It looked like for a little while they had a little bit of a resurgence where you're like, ah, maybe they'll sneak into that six seed, but – didn't quite happen. We always so. said their best year was with Carson Palmer, and he got injured. Right. And how was that? Yeah. <laughs> Back to the old drawing board. So Cincinnati not doing it this year, but I do think they will cover. And you know what? I'm going to even give, take them the win here against the Detroit. Uh, yeah. So you, you guys just, are both on the Bengals. I'll take the Lions, give them three. Uh, Bengals just got blown out by the Vikings. And then I think the week before that was the Bears. So uh, just two poor showings. Uh, next game, Dolphins-Chiefs. Dolphins 6-8. and eight. Uh, For money purposes, I need the Dolphins to lose one more game uh, this season. <laughs> Chiefs 8-6, and six, big win last week against the Chargers. Spread 10.5, fantasy note real quick. Damian Williams is on track to play. So anybody that uh, with Kenyon Drake, who's been a, a second-half stud for you in fantasy this season, just something to keep an eye on. Maybe he loses a few touches. 10.5 uh, spread, guys. I will buy the Chiefs one more time that they have figured it out on defense, and I'll take them to cover here. I love the Chiefs to win. I shouldn't say love because they still haven't really, you know, won me over. But that was a big win against the Chargers last week. That was a must win. They got it done. Uh, it's a big-time spread, so I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover, but I love the Chiefs to win this game in Arrowhead. I like the Dolphins to cover, too. I think uh, I think that was a tough assignment for the Chargers to go into Kansas City and, and win that game. That's just what the Chargers do. They lose games like that constantly. So I don't really know how much you could enjoy. You know, I feel like the Chiefs have turned things out a bit, but uh, I feel like Miami's a little frisky. Is Devontae Parker playing this game? Uh, that I don't know. Who can uh, look that up for us? I feel like I think he. I know he's hurt. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's playing or not. But either way, Miami's not good, but they are a little frisky. I definitely like them to cover at ten and a half. That's a backdoor cover written all over yeah, it this game for sure. Uh, returned to practice. He returned to practice, so okay. he should play. He really hasn't done much all year. Um, but you know, another weapon for Jay Cutler. Uh, Marcus Peters was the big guy last week. Really stepped up on defense after uh, throwing the flag out in uh, in the Meadowlands against the Jets. Uh, really stepped up. <laughs> Interception and a forced fumble for uh, Kansas City. So we'll see what he does this week. Bills Patriots. Bills playoff team eight and six heading into Foxborough. Eleven and three. New England Patriots. 
Spread 11.5 here. I think that's pretty good, Vinny. Uh, you could speak on that. Deion Lewis, guys, running back one in fantasy, probably a top 10 play with no Rex Burkhead. He's going to get fed. Chris Hogan still listed as questionable, so fantasy, you cannot depend on him. 11.5, I will take the Patriots to cover the spread. Do you think there's a bounty on Rob Gronkowski this game? Uh, I can see it, but being that the Bills are in the playoffs also, you really don't want to do anything stupid here. Yeah, so, I think the Patriots shouldn't even play him, or at least – uh, you know, not make him anything besides a decoy, really, right. because I think they're really going to go after him, and they should. Maybe a low hit. That's or, one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen in a long time. But um, I like the spread where it is. The 11 and a half makes sense. The Bills are a playoff team, and the Patriots are uh, obviously the best team in football, and it's a division game. But the Patriots are the Patriots, and the Patriots are home, and it's 11 and a half, and you know my rule. Rule number one, never bet against Tom Brady. So give me the packs here. Uh, I mean, listen, I am a – perennial rule breaker. I, <laughs> you have I broken really, that rule many times. I have probably broken that rule more than anyone <laughs> in the history of the world. And uh, I'm going to break it again. I think 11 and a half here is, uh, I just feel like the, the Patriots maybe got a little exposed in Pittsburgh and I'll end up winning that game because that's just how things work. But I definitely don't think they're like clicking on all cylinders. Buffalo has got a lot, of play, a lot to play for. Um, I just think 11 and a half is is uh, is a nice number. Nice number if you, if you're back in Buffalo. Um, you take it to win or to cover. Cover, cover, cover. cover. Come on, like no, no. <laughs> All right, just but um, you know. he's not reaching on this. As, as the Bronx thing, I feel like if you ask Patriots fans, what would you rather come out of this game with a win, which they need, by the way. They they there's a very good chance that they don't get a buy. Right, they lose either. Got to keep with these Jags, man. <laughs> or you know. Let Gronk get targeted. Like, which one would you rather come out of this game with a healthy Gronk or a win? Like, you know, it's it's the first time in a while the Patriots have needed like a Week 16 game. Right? They, really, they need Gronk more than ever with that out, especially too. So I think that I think going to the playoffs, they lose Gronk. They can't suffice the way they used to. You yeah. saw it against Miami without Gronk there. Yeah. They were they were in trouble. They, I, I like, hate the Pats, but like watching Rob Gronkowski play football is one of like <laughs> it's just a, it's a pleasure to watch. Like from a just from a perspective of watching freaks of human nature like do things, like that drive against against Pittsburgh was like it was like watching LeBron James. Like he just it's just like nobody could do anything against him. He's guardable. And, and for such crazy. a for such an idiot, he's a very lovable idiot. That's why. That's why. Yeah, he is a, he's a machine of playing football. It's all he cares about is catching footballs, spiking and, footballs, and hooking up with chicks <laughs> and, and making jokes about sixty nine. That's the only three things. He and it's acceptable for him. What, what, you know, if anyone else comes out there, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? It's, everyone loves that because he's been that way out of college. And um, But we'll see. I mean, the Bills cannot be happy with what he did to that player over there. So, Do you think that – because you guys brought up Gronk here. I'll just ask this question. Do you think that Gronkowski on a different team without Bill Belichick would be more of a, a wild child, uh, possibly getting into trouble more? And do you think that Belichick is really – you know, he can have his fun, but uh, at the same time, like, I'm his daddy. I will still keep the reins on 100%. him. Yeah, 100%. I think that there is, like, I think he loves football, and I think he, he buys into the whole culture there. You know, he's not – when it comes to on-field stuff, I mean, other than that, that hit, which was, like, something else out of aggression. But, like, he buys into the whole thing. He buys into the – he's a hard worker. Yep. He loves Tom Brady. He yep. loves the process. He, you know, think about how many guys have come to New England whether it was Chad Johnson or whoever it was who just couldn't figure out the playbook, couldn't buy into the to the culture and the mentality and all this stuff. Gronk gets it. Like he's he's there every step of the way. You never hear anything about him like taking plays off or not being able to figure certain things out. Like 
he's a football guy, and, and I think that on another team, probably, you know, he would drift off into a, into another area. And he blocks, too. He's not just a catcher. Exactly. Uh, that's right at all time. Yeah, he, he, could he could be. He could be. He's going to be up there with a, he'll be up there at touchdowns on the all-time list, that's for sure. Yeah. My favorite drop story is we're still on him. Um, <laughs> dancing in his boot after the Giants beat Patriots. Well, my favorite drop story. <laughs> Um, One more. I got 69 touchdowns. You know what I mean. For real this time. Falcons, Saints. Falcons 9-5. I told you both. Uh, Falcons win out. They win the division. Saints 10-4. Spread is minus 6. couple notes on this real quick. Kenny Vaccaro for the Saints placed on IR. 10 in practice. He'll likely be back, which is good, because Brandon Coleman fumbled twice last week in the second half. He was dreadful. Michael Thomas, guys, in his three career games against the Falcons, he has three touchdowns, and he's gone over 100 yards twice. And uh, just a, a side note, Mark Ingram, who's had a huge year, uh, he has a clause in his contract that if he's all pro this year, he's eligible to become a free agent, yeah. which is uh, very interesting because he's having a huge year. So, guys, I ask you, Saints minus six, what are you taking? This is my biggest stay away game. Uh, it's, a, it's a game of the day, uh, big-time division game here, a lot of play indications of the seedings going on. Saints are home, but that's a big number over there for the team, the defending NFC champs. Uh, I got to take the points in this, but I don't know who's going to win. This is the ultimate stay away this week, but enjoy the game. I mean, I'd be inclined to take Atlanta just because I think six points is too much. It's a lot. That's a lot of points. And I feel like at this point in the year, and just considering the, the nucleus of both teams and how often they play each other, like there's no tricks. There's no, you know, it's just like it's going to come down to just execution, coming out and who's ready to play and who isn't ready to play. And that's going to be it. So I'd be inclined to take Atlanta because I feel like, Maybe they're starting to put it together, but I, I like New Orleans and I like the things that they're doing. And and uh, I just feel like six points is too much for, the, for this game. And uh, I'll take the Saints. I'll lay the six. Listen, uh, the Falcons' defense looked like crap against Tampa Bay, and uh, if that's how they look against Tampa Bay, I think the Saints should have no problem putting up points. Uh, so on the other side of that as well, uh, Chargers Jets. Uh, seems like Mike over there is a uh, is a Jet fan, so tough game here. I like Chargers given six and a half. Hunter Henry placed on IR. Only the big news there, really. Uh, Antonio Gates could have a nice day, uh, especially in the tight end spot if you're, you know, looking to stream a tight end. Five and nine, Bryce Petty time. Mike, we'll start with you. Um, unfortunately, I think the Charger hiccup came a week too early. Um, I had this game circled as a game I really felt the Jets could just win out right because of the nature of San Diego and, or whatever and, and how they operate. Um, I think that they really had a terrible game in Kansas City, and I think they got it out of their system, and they're going to come into the metal and kick the shit out of the Jets. That's just, how, that's just what's going to happen. Like that, it's too bad. And Bryce said he's atrocious. Like, he's absolutely atrocious. Um, there's nothing left to see with him. Joey Bosa, those guys are going to are, are going to take it to him and, and take him behind the woodshed. I think it's going to be really ugly, honestly. I agree with you. I think Bryce Petty is one of the worst. Uh, quarterbacks of football. I don't know why they're not giving the kid Hackenberg their second round pick a shot here. Um, I cannot bet on Bryce Petty. Yeah, he <laughs> might, he might, he the fact that kid's not ready blows my mind. Like, they won't put a big is not ready. It's not that he's not ready. It's <laughs> that he's not a professional football player. What were they thinking? Because they're, here's the Wasn't thing. Wasn't good in Penn State? Here's the thing. <laughs> they have him here and they think, they think that we're sitting there like, ooh, ooh, Christian Hackenberg hasn't been revealed yet. Oh, they're maybe there's something there. Because they know the second they put him on the field, it's going to be a, a bloodbath. And they know the reaction they're going to get is going to be worse than if they just keep him in this closet. So you know what? Keep him there. I, don't even want to I have an article just popped up on Twitter. The Jets claim Christian Hackenberg is showing improvement on the practice. Yes. So that means that now sideline 
we're having a little technical difficulties, but I will say to Vinny, uh, Mike, are you able to hear the question? You are? Perfect. So, Vinny, the question is flex play, PPR, full point, Robert Woods, Demarius Thomas, or Michael Crabtree. Uh, I'm going to tell you Demarius Thomas because Emmanuel Sanders is not playing. Michael Crabtree, uh, like you said, Cooper is expected to play. Robert Woods, the thing with Robert Woods there is just there's still Cooper Cup, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, Todd Gurley still seeing a ton of targets out of the backfield. Uh, so to yeah. me, the safest play here, uh, the safest floor play is Demarius Thomas. What do you guys think? I don't know. He's going to have Josh Norman on him, Demarius Thomas. I think Woods has the highest ceiling. I'd probably go Woods if you ask me. Totally agree. I think uh, I think Goff likes Robert Woods. I know he just came back, but I think when they were really, really flowing, it was Robert Woods and Jared Goff, and it was kind of like that was like his guy. Um, I hate any one of the Raiders this week. I think the Raiders going in Christmas Eve night against Philadelphia. You know, I can see Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper standing out there with their hands in their pockets, just freezing, just wanting to go home in, like, the third quarter. That's kind of how I perceive so it. They Robert don't... Woods and, like Vinny said, Demarius Thomas, Josh Norman. Norman's still back. He's still, he, he can still blanket a guy. Um, so I would go Robert Woods. So the consensus is, yeah. uh, is Robert Woods here. So, uh, and then the kicking option would be, uh, who are your kicking options? Uh, Jake Elliott and Chris Boswell. Uh, I like Boswell, uh, Elliott and Boswell. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is not going to have a problem moving the ball against Houston. Uh, perhaps they don't score as many touchdowns with Antonio Brown missing, but I, I think they have no issue moving the ball. And uh, to me, I think that's in Houston, actually, uh, which would be in a dome. Um, it is. It's in Houston. Boswell's had a terrific season. Uh, I'm going Boswell here, guys. Wizard of Boz. Okay. Definitely. Unfortunately, I don't have much to contribute to the kickers conversation all right so go with boswell there and uh and good luck in the championship thank you for the call all right it worked out last week with our advice and uh and bring it home thank you sir have a good one all right thank you for the call anybody else that uh that has a call give us a uh a call anybody else that has a question give us a call and uh we'll be happy to help you out with that uh there it is, uh, Robert Woods. And I'm excited for that Woods-Demarius uh, matchup now. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we were talking Rams-Titans. Uh, I think we made our picks for that. I'm on the Rams. Vinny, you said you were on the Rams. I'm Mike, on the Rams. you on the Rams also with that six and a half? Yeah. I, well, no. I, You're buying I it down? Actually, buying the Titans up. Yeah. Buying the Titans up. I would buy the so. Titans up. I know oh, it's right. weird, but listen, I just feel like, the, you know, it makes too much sense for the Rams to go into Tennessee and beat them. Football doesn't work like that. Something weird's going to happen. I'm on Tennessee plus seven. All right. They need, they need the game, especially with the need of the game for the Ravens. So, But I still like my man Robert Woods to put on a, a clinic. A <laughs> clinic. <laughs> Goon, copy that so we can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you put the zero. We're playing that clip on uh, Thursday. We have a big Demarius Thompson. Broncos, Redskins, guys. Uh, Mike, you mentioned it before. Capri Bibbs. Uh, I like him tomorrow also. I think he's a, a sneaky play in a PPR. He had a long touchdown catch last week. Just read this out to you real quick. Kirk Cousins has 70 less yards since top per game since Chris Thompson went out. P. Ryan did not practice yesterday. Uh, we don't know about today yet. They haven't started the practice. On the other side of the ball, it looks like Brock Osweiler will be starting, even though him and Paxton Lynch split uh, first-team reps all week. Emmanuel Sanders is doubtful, as I just mentioned to the caller. Broncos 5-9, and nine, Redskins 6-8. and eight. The Spread is minus 3, Redskins giving 3. I don't understand why that spread's so low, which makes me very iffy on this game because I feel like Washington should be a, a bigger favorite here at home against Denver, who really isn't that good. I know they just came off a couple wins finally, but um, 
if the spread wasn't this way, I would easily tell you to go Washington. But that three points, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I'd stay away from it, but you, you're putting a gun to my head. I, I'm going to stick with the, uh, the skins here. Um, I'm not going to watch a single second of this game, nor am I going to bet it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I would take Washington. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these are two of the worst teams in football. Just don't even bother watching this game. <laughs> do something more productive. Any fantasy implications? <laughs> Have you got any guys you like here? Maybe Kirk Cousins? Cousins, Bibbs, there you go. Um, on the Broncos side of the ball, C.J. Anderson, I guess, you know, you know, if you're in the championship, you're not going to bench him uh, unless you have a, a much better option. But uh, And Demarius Thomas, I'm starting him as a wide receiver too. Um, Redskins receivers, I'm not really starting. Listen, the Broncos still have a key to leave, Chris Harris. So, and they're inconsistent. Uh, you know, we don't know which one's going to show up each week, Crowder or Doxon. So, uh, hopefully you have better options than that. Um, Jaguars 49ers, guys. Uh, Jimmy G, the goon, you have the clip ready for Vinny singing uh, Jimmy G? That'll be great. Jimmy G Garoppolo. <laughs> and, uh, and there you go. Jimmy G's been on a show, guys, since he's got there. But now he places, faces the, arguably the best team that he's going to face this season, the Jaguars, 10-4. and four. Fred minus four. Real quick, just a funny story. Uh, Blake Bortles, uh, we mentioned this the other day. I mentioned it to Rob. Jadavian Clowney called Blake Bortles trash. So how do the fans respond? <laughs> they sent trash cans to NRG Stadium out in Houston for Jadavian Clowney, who, uh, give him his props, he filled them with toys and delivered them to uh, kids in the area. So uh, turning a, uh, a negative into a positive there. But uh, spread is four, guys. What do you like? I definitely think Jadavian Clowney is trash. But uh, Blake Bortles, <laughs> I told you he has overcome the garbage man. I think he's had a pretty good year. He's been really solid. In fact, I think he's been the best quarterback this month so far. Um, Jimmy G, I've been riding the 49ers very, very hard since they had him in there. They haven't lost either. I, oh, man, I think it's going to be a really good game, believe it or not, because I bought into Jimmy G over there. Give me the 49ers to cover the four points here, but I'm not going to go out and say they win. I love him, too. Love Jimmy G. Love the four points. Um, you said Blake Bortles has been the best best quarterback the past month. Best quarterback the past month than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> so, give me the 49ers. Give me the best player on the field, who is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I, uh, I think somebody likes him more than that. <laughs> he's, just a, he's just a ball player. Like, he's just, you just watch him. He's like, that team was garbage. Absolute garbage. And now they, like, I don't know. I feel like any week they could just, like, run up and – I think there's a tough test. I think Jacksonville's sick. And as sick. garbage as they were, C.J. Beathard defeated the New York Giants. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, fantasy guys, uh, Blake Bortles, start him. I mean, why not? You're starting Jacksonville. D. Carlos Hyde, I can't possibly start him. I mentioned it on Saturday, the stats uh, from Garoppolo taking over. Now he's not getting the dump-off passes because there's an actual quarterback there. So uh, I don't like Carlos Hyde. You can't start Marquise Goodwin either against uh, Ramsey or Bouye, whoever's going to be covering him. As far as the game goes, I will take Jacksonville laying the four. I think this turns into a blowout. This is the best defense that he's seen. I am all over the Jaguars who are going to be looking for that first-round bye. Uh, next game, G-Men, ugh, Giants-Cardinals. Uh, Giants 2-12 and currently projected in the second uh, spot in the draft. Cardinals 6-8. and Karen Williams, questionable all week. He practiced limited yesterday, so uh, on the better side of playing for this game. And Webb's, Vinny, saw uh, first-team reps, but is going to be inactive. So, uh, again, this whole circus that we've seen all year of stupidity with the Giants, let's give him first-team reps, and then let's make him inactive. <laughs> so, uh, plus three Giants. I I don't even care, to be honest with you, anymore about Yeah, my unfortunate streak of not watching games will continue this week. I'm surprised by the spread here. I mean, the Giants have the second overall, the second overall pick in the NFL draft, and they're facing a team at home, and they're only getting three points like that. I know the Cardinals are down quarterbacks as well, but 
The Giants are super banged up. They're not good. They have nothing going for them, and they're tanking. There's no way they're going to win. And uh, I know Eli looked really good against Philadelphia last week, but that was a division game. On the road here, I, I like Arizona to cover the three. I can't see the Giants winning any more games. Again, atrocious game. Don't do, don't watch it. Do something more productive with your time. But I guess if you have to bet it, take the Cardinals because I just can't see the Giants coming to Arizona and showing up for this game. Just I like the under in this game. It's 39. Really? I 39. can't see a lot of points being scored here. I, the, I think the uh, – like, Patrick Peterson's going to be guarding who? Tyreek King? <laughs> no, he's out with a concussion. Oh, he's out. So, uh, there you go. I, don't I couldn't even tell you. I didn't uh, know who lose. Yeah, Richard Lewis. Yeah. Whatever the hell. I mean, I, I, Richard Lewis. The, the Giants defense can show signs of being good. I, I like the under here, 39. It really shouldn't be too much scoring. It should be a boring game. True standing starting again. It's not the Blaine Gabbard show anymore. Really, yeah, yeah. The only real fantasy player here should be Larry Fitzgerald, to be honest with you. That's the only guy that I can see anyone starting in fantasy from either team. So uh, the spread is three. Uh, yeah, I'm on Arizona also, with the, uh, given the three. Uh, not more. I would love Larry Fitzgerald one day to just get the, get out of <laughs> Like It's unbelievable. Because you know what? He'll probably have a pretty solid game because that's all he does. Yep. Play good football no matter what. Imagine Marvin, if he had an actual yeah. legit quarterback. He deserves better. He deserves to just, like, get out of there, go join a team that's, like, going to win and just, like, go. Like in New England. End his career in New England. He's very loyal, but should he join Eli on the I deserve better couch? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Same draft class, too. Wait, guys. is that entire couch deserve? <laughs> that's just for Eli. Yeah. He's yeah. such a bad year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he does. Uh, Seahawks, Cowboys. Um, Seahawks were embarrassed last week, guys. Both teams eight and six. Seahawks getting four and a half. It's in Dallas. Zeke returns from his vacation. I mean, uh, suspension in Cabo. Uh, he served at Cabo, working out. Wouldn't answer any questions about it with the reporters. Uh, both eight and six. Listen, I'm going to take. Uh, I'll take Dallas here. I just think the Seahawks have done too many injuries. Vinny, I agree with you though with your boy Russell Wilson. He's been amazing all year. I'm sure he'll put on some sort of big play for us tomorrow. But uh, I'll take Dallas. I'm taking the four and a half. That's a lot of points for two teams fighting for the same thing here. And uh, I just think Seattle's a better team overall. I know they don't have much to show for it, but that's how much better – that's what Russell Wilson's been this year. Um, four and a half points is a lot for a team that's dying to get into the playoffs here as they've really fallen off. I, I like the Seahawks to get it done with the four and a half. I couldn't disagree more. I have – this is probably the, the, boys. the most conviction about – I think that Dallas – Listen, I don't know what their what their ultimate destiny is going to be this year, but the fact of the matter is that when Ezekiel Elliott is playing for the Cowboys, they are a really, really, really good team. It's just it's as simple as that. Seattle still has this air of like Legion of Boom and like going to the Super Bowl, but it it doesn't exist anymore. Like they're are they still, done? Legion of Boom's over. It's done. It's R.I.P. Legion of Boom. It's been over. But is it only over because they're injured? No, I think even when they were healthy, they were still vulnerable. I, mean, I agree with you. They got torn up by Deshaun Watson. They agree. do this every year. They suck in the beginning, uh, and then they kill it in December. They but, and then they ride hot, and then you're betting them every week. They don't lose by 50 points. And trust me, you yeah, know. That was I, I bet on Seattle all the time. Mm-hmm. I love Seattle. But the, I have accepted that it's over, and it was tough because I really, I've always been a Seattle backer. And you know what, Russell Wilson – for all his whatevers, and he's crazy, and he does all this crazy stuff, and I think that, you know, he, he puts his team in bad situations, too. He's basically their whole team. He really is. So, I like Dallas to, like, get on the, the back, on the right track, and to just roll over Seattle. I think this is going to be a bloodbath, honestly. Wow. 
Very confident. You've shared that sentiment, though. Russell Wilson putting him on his back the whole year. So uh, I think we all agree with that. Uh, Steelers, uh, Texans, excuse me. Spread is nine here, guys, for a team that just lost Antonio Brown. So, uh, Vinny, first off, I'd like to see what you think. If Brown was playing, what the spread would be. Uh, Second off, Juju Smith-Schuster is playing the X in practice, which is Antonio Brown's uh, position on the field. So I expect a huge fantasy day out of Juju. He's going to see a ton of targets. Martavius Bryant also could be looked at in fantasy. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, if they, God, he's going to go off, uh, I would think, also just with touches oh, yeah. uh, in a PPR league. Uh, and then the only side uh, with the Texans, Hopkins would be the guy there. But uh, the spread is nine. I'm going to take the Texans to cover uh, and lose the game. Uh, I think if Antonio Brown is playing, that would be over 10, absolutely, at least 10 and a half, 11. It is a, they're on the road, but uh, that's such a detrimental, uh, detrimental injury for Pittsburgh because now I can see them just getting knocked out the first game of the playoffs without AB because things are different with them. Even if he's just on the field, he's, he's a tremendous player. I thought the way he was going, he could have won the MVP, honestly, yep. and no receiver's done it before. Um, but in terms of Le'Veon Bell, he's going to go off. He's going to get all his touches. He's going to be a monster. I don't care what price he is in Daily Fantasy. You fire him in there. If he's not in your lineup, you're probably not going to win. And uh, I like Steelers to get it done here in Houston because Houston isn't a good team. You're going to cover nine? Yeah, I think they'll cover. I think they'll win by at least two touchdowns. Mike Steelers, Texans. Pittsburgh has a weird way of like. They do play down. <laughs> they play down, and they do. And on Christmas Day, A.B. hurt, nine-point line. Texans have some talent. Sorry, this is Monday. I should have said that. Yeah, uh, yeah Christmas Day, yep. Kind of, you know, Texans are garbage, but they still have some players. Uh, you know, I definitely don't like them to win the game, but I am not laying nine points on the road on Christmas Day with this weird Steelers team without Antonio Brown. It's not doing it. So, I would, do, I would do the same thing. I'd take the Texans. I agree with you. Yep. And uh, real quick, guys, uh, last game on the slate, Raiders-Eagles. Eagles giving nine. Uh, just want to make this note. Amari Cooper likely to play, and Doug Peterson has come out and already said he will rest his players at some point, whether it be this week or next week, especially if the Vikings were to somehow lose this week. Uh, he has said, I will get my players some rest. So, uh, again, Vinny, you could talk on it with the spread, kind of staying away from possibly with nine. As far as fantasy goes, listen, I'd be a little hesitant also. They play uh, Monday. You'll have no real options with Alshon Jeffrey or anything like that. But uh, I don't see the Vikings losing. I should mention that also. But nine points. Uh, let's get your guys' take. I'm kind of alluding to what Mike said earlier, where the Raiders are going to be, you know, miserable in the cold weather kind of deal. So even if he's resting his players, that they're going to be up and up. And Foles did a pretty good job against the G-men. And I think he's a, a good backup quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's a good starter. I, I think the Eagles should cover because I think the Raiders just don't care anymore. I uh, that news about resting folks is a little concerning, but at the same time, they've got a buy coming up, at least presumably. They've got another week. Like, this is not the week where they're going to, you know, pull players back to a, a detriment to the final line of the game. And even if they did, I mean, nine points is nice. I would have took this, I would have took this as 10, honestly. I like, I, I really, really think Oakland has no business even competing in this game. For a number of reasons, and Philadelphia, you know, with Nick Foles, Nick Foles is a ball player. Like he's he's the premier backup quarterback in the NFL. Everybody knows that, and uh, I just think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think the only game I feel stronger about than Dallas is this one. You got to get your bye before you sit your guys. Yeah, and if exactly. the Vikings are probably going to win, they're eight point favorites. They're expected to win, and if they win, they're that the same amount of wins as Philadelphia. They probably so. want to come out, steamroll them, and and get comfortable, and maybe then pull guys back. But even then. 
I think a nine-point line is, is more than uh, than likely. So there you go. Uh, just uh, I'll jump on with you then, uh, minus nine. And that wraps up football. Good luck to everybody. We'll still take your calls for fantasy. Uh, if you have a question, Goon is uh, working Twitter. So any calls, give us a call or even message Goon on Facebook or Twitter, and he'll get those over to us. Let's talk some baseball, guys. We have about a half hour to go here. Uh, pretty big week uh, in baseball. You saw Evan Longoria get traded. Uh, I can tell you, oh, Goon's telling us we have a call. So before we get to baseball, let's take the call here. And uh, is that the call signal, by the way? That is the call signal. signal. So uh, what's your name and uh, and what are your calls? Oh, how do you do, sir? This is uh, Lou from New Jersey. Hey, Lou, how are you? Thanks for calling. I didn't think I was going to get that fast. Uh, uh, what's up, uh, Lou? What do you want to talk about? Well, you know, the problem is that yeah, the problem is, I think, with Florida baseball because, you know, the Marlins are, you know, in, in disarray right now because – First of all, the uh, fans are displeased with the way Jeter is uh, handling uh, the team right now, you know, with trading players to other teams and slashing the payroll. And with Longoria now, I got with, Ray, with the Rays. I mean, who do you got left now? Because he was the face of the franchise. I mean, you would think that Florida and baseball go together, but in reality, it's really not. They, they really don't go together. Because Florida is just a fake sports town. Like, there's just not real sports fans down there, so they really don't deserve any real ball players. No. So, I have very limited empathy for the Floridians and their flight in finding a signature <laughs> athlete to, to gather around. So, you've lost I'm glad people agree. Unless somebody agrees with me. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, not so that... I... Yeah. Go ahead, Lou. And the Rays are not really a powerhouse team. I mean, they had one good year in 2008 that was the year we missed the playoffs, actually, and they did get the World Series, but they were far from they were, it was far from a good matchup in that in that World Series. You know, when yeah, Philadelphia when Philadelphia you're right. <laughs> you've got problems. Um, and I got to be honest with you, the one the one thing that that worried me about the Rays coming in and being that frisky team was Longoria. I mean, he is like he was as big a Yankee killer as has ever been, honestly, mm-hmm. other than Ortiz. Who, it was just the idea that he was killing the Yankees in meaningless games. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not unhappy to see your yeah. hero leave you in the dust. <laughs> and, uh, and, Lou, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for listening, and, uh, and a Merry Christmas. Um, so, guys, we'll stay on the, uh, the Evan Longoria topic real quick. Um, traded this week, pretty big haul, actually, going back to, uh, to Tampa. Nice prospect, Christian Arroyo. Uh, Denard Span, who's really meaningless, and two prospects uh, from the farm. So uh, let me just read you guys uh, one quick here. Uh, 2018, he's making 13.5, then 14.5. 2020, 15. 2021, 18.5. 2022, when he's 37 years old, 19.5. He hit 261 last year, 20 home runs, 86 RBIs. Is this a terrible trade for the Giants? No, man. Evan Longoria is a gamer. Like I, I know he, you know he had he had a rough year. He had a rough year last year, and he has not been good ultimately over the last like. He has been declining. He has, but that's to me. I feel like that's a classic situation. Like it feels like that's exactly what the Giants needed. It's just they had the worst. I think they had the worst production at third base of anything they did yep. last year. Like ninety-eight oh, losses. Numbers are crazy. Um. But Longoria in a winning situation is just – that's a recipe for good things to happen as far as I'm concerned. So the Giants have a, you know, pretty high payroll. They are in a situation where they want to win. They had an intention of, of going into last year 
to win, and uh, they want to get back to that. And I don't think Longoria is going to bring them, you know, back to prominence. But a lot of things will probably turn around for them. They're a good organization. They they know what they're doing. I think that's a good trade for them. Absent of how I feel about Longoria leaving my life, I, I think, think that's, that's a good move. It's a fresh start from, and who knows? I mean, five years ago, if I told you own a bust, um, Buster Posey and Evan Longoria be on the same team, you would say that's a superstar team already. Yeah. And um, they've been around for a while. These guys, I remember when they were top prospects, and now they're on the same team. And I think Longoria in a new spot is a good fit for him over there. He just fits in, I feel yeah. like. You know, he fits into that, to that winning culture. He's a winning player. Like, you ask any Yankee fan that has watched Evan Longoria play, and you know that he is just a problem. In Very reliable. Oh, yeah, Longoria. for sure. And a good glove guy, too. Yeah, he's got yeah, a great glove out there. Gold glove. I think he did. Yeah. I think he got the AO gold glove. But so, uh, I like him over there. I think it's a good fit for him and a fresh start. 100%. Yep. The other name linked to the Giants, uh, Jay Bruce. Supposedly the competition is the Giants and the Mets. Jay Bruce out in right field. They would obviously then move Hunter Pence. They've asked him to give them a list, him a list of teams that he would be willing to move his no-trade clause for. But Jay Bruce, the other name linked out there. So they're trying to add some pop and, uh, you know, it's just some good bat presence to that lineup. Um, before we get to the Yankees, uh, guys, I'm trying to say that. Um, Padres came out this week. They're the Royals' main competition with Eric Hosmer. So the Padres are trying to throw their name around. They were linked to Otani, linked to Eric Hosmer, trying to get something there for their fans. And real quick, the White Sox actually made a call on Christian Yellick. The White Sox farm, Vinny, I've told you this all, uh, you know, since day one when we've done the show, their farm is loaded thanks to that Adam Eaton trade. They made a call on Christian Yellick. Uh, don't be surprised if they eventually match up loaded with pitching. Uh, your take on either of those, Padres uh, and Hosmer, White Sox calling on Christian Yellick. I'm surprised that um, they want to trade their prospects so good because I don't think they're a you know, a big name away from getting any good. They got to let these guys develop still. Um, Mankata over there. Yep. And they, they're both of a prospects, but they got to go the way the Yankees kind of went, you know, and just let them develop in or get lucky like the Yankees and call them up and they immediately explode to do good. But uh, I think they could do better. I know Yelich is a good player, but I think they could do better with their prospects than him. And who knows what's going on with their cheater. Uh, maybe they could trade one of their lower prospects over there to the Marlins for Yelich. That's really, really what's going on uh, over there. The Marlins. Mike, your take on either of those. It's weird, like, the White Sox, their names always pop into these, like, talks about, like, Manny Machado and, like, all these. It's like, didn't you just sell off every asset you had to rebuild? Like, relax. Like, not everyone's the Yankees who can, like, you know, just – you know, operate in the mo- in the most efficient way possible and, and sell the team and be immediately competitive. So just they should just relax, let those guys develop and, and figure something out that way. I don't take them as a serious contender in, in the in Yelich talks or, or Machado talks or anything like that. As for um what was the other thing? Eric Codd the pod very surprised that his name hasn't been talked about with the Red Sox as much as it was going into Well, they the brought in Mitch Moreland this week. They re-signed Mitch Moreland. Uh, he's going to be the first base, more DH-type guy. And I think J.D. Martinez seems to be the guy really on their radar there. And I think Boris is driving up the price on Hosmer to the point where the Red Sox is just like, all right, you know what, we're not going to deal with you. And he's Moustakas' agent, too. It's weird. Like, what kind of money are these guys going to command? Like, right. I know J.D. Martinez literally came out with, like, looking for $200 million. Right. Which is, you know. I don't know if that's if he's worth it or not, but asinine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a move they kind of have to make now after the Yankees move. But But if Hosmer and the Padres are are the most serious relationship that could happen out of this, like what could the Padres offer Eric Hosmer? Like he must really not be looking to command as much money as as he probably thought initially, which sucks for him. 
I kind of would like to see him stay with Kansas City just because that's like, you know. That's where he goes. Eric Cosmer and right. Kansas City are, are – Yeah, exactly. We're getting meatballs. <laughs> Lamb and tuna. Uh, Joel Sherman also, guys, real quick before we get to the Jared Cole story. He put out an interesting article this week. Uh, I think it was Joel Sherman. Uh, hey, Mustox isn't getting as much traction. Maybe the Yankees go and say, hey, he has, uh, you know, $10 million one year. And, you know, you come play third base for us. We're going to, you know, really go for it this year. Look at our right field porch and, uh, and you know, make anything of that traction. I think he would be just as soon go back to Kansas City for a year. Along and the game. Yankees are not – the Yankees are, I don't think, would be willing to go enough on the salary for the year. You know, unless he's one for one year, one year for ten. I don't think they want to pay someone uh, full time DH spot either. I think they like the yeah. rotating it all. You got a half day. I love Mike. I love Mike Mustakis. I really do. I think he'd be an awesome fit, but I just don't think it works out um, with the finances and the flexibility. It's just not something they're going to do. But uh, I'm definitely happy to see that these two guys are not going to be. <laughs> Wearing Red Sox uniforms because they scare me. They're balls. I want to ask you this, Mike. Uh, we had someone on Twitter say the Red Sox signed J.D. Martinez and Hosmer. Their lineup, yeah. top to bottom, is better than the New York Yankees. If the Red Sox signed J.D. Oh, Martinez no, wasn't and Wasn't the Cubs, Aaron, too? I thought somebody told me about the Cubs. Uh, if they yeah, had the Cubs one, too? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember the Cub one. I remember the Red Sox yeah. one, though. It, I mean, there's there's the talent is similar. I mean, guys like, you know, Xander Bogart said a terrible year last year. Ben Attendee's still like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has yeah. been like, you know, on the fritz. So they have guys with the pedigree, with at least the prospect pedigree, who have performed in, in the regular season before. But I, uh, I don't think there's anybody really on the Yankees level. And I don't think there's anybody with the potential to get the lineup where it needs to go. Go ahead, go. Yesterday, the Yankees also signed the overall six and eight overall international prospects. So but Brian Cashman still just stocking up the that, farm. That, that, uh, <laughs> really, probably the best GM in now baseball. Now, let's just say Jay-Z Martinez does go to the Red Sox, like we all kind of expect. I do Jesse Bradley's got to be a hell of a trading piece for them. He is. That's another move waiting yeah. to happen when they sign J.D. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, a gold glove center fielder that can cover the ground in Fenway, uh, especially with that Bermuda Triangle, as they yeah. call it out there. So, uh yeah, I think uh, his bat hasn't developed to what uh, the Red Sox were hoping for and, uh, you know, scouts or whatever. But uh, you can make the case that he is the best defensive center fielder in the game. They need pitching, though, still, the Red Sox, yep. uh, bullpen and starting pitching. And that'll bring us, guys, uh, Jared Cole's story of the week. Uh, you know, Yankees uh, close. Um, what's his name? Jim Bowden, who used to be uh, a name in baseball. He said the deal is right there. So uh, a lot of Yankee fans, I know you're one of them, don't want him. Um, let me just give you from a, an outside looking in uh, at some numbers here. Last year, he was 12-12, 4.26 ERA. 2016, 7-10, 3.88. 2015 was the year he made his name, 19-8, 2.60 ERA. Um, as, far as, as far as salary goes, 3.75 this year, which is fantastic for a 27-year-old. Next year, arbitration, following year, arbitration before he comes a free agent. Vinny, 27 years old, why don't you want this kid? I don't like the prospects that we're going to give up for him. I think we could get such a better return maybe at the trade. Well, who are the prospects? Someone mentioned that. Like Quinn Frazier. And if they're throwing Sheffield in the deal, I really want no part of it. I wouldn't even trade Frazier straight up for Garrett Cole. We have good pitching in the minors. I'd rather see one of them come up and work their way. I don't think this is something you have to jump the gun at. I know the Yankees probably think they're one starting pitching away from maybe making it to the World Series now, but I don't, I don't think Garrett Cole is the answer for a guy like uh, Quinn Frazier. When it comes to, like, developing pitching and acquiring pitching talent. Like, you need to collect as many assets as possible, and you just got to hope that some of them pan out. 
And eyeballing Garrett Cole as this guy who has, like, a better chance to be more productive than a Justin Sheffield or Chance Adams or any of these pitchers that the Yankees are developing, it's just it just doesn't make sense, like, mathematically. Like, the, the odds are Garrett Cole is going to come here. He's either going to underperform, he's going to hamstring them financially, and he's just – or he's going to get hurt. Because that's just how pitchers – that's just what happens with pitchers. So when it comes to trading a guy like Clint Frazier who – you know, other than Glaber Torres is the Yankees' best prospect. That's a chip that the Yankees don't need to get rid of right now. They're in fine shape. They have a full rotation. They have guys coming up the pipeline in the, in, in the pitching reign. Like, they don't need to break the bank for another starting pitcher right now. And what's huge about Sheffield is that he's a lefty. The Yankees are so right-handed dominant in their lineup and in uh, their pitching. Uh, if you Cole, he's another righty, and that means their only lefty in the starting rotation would be CC Sabathia. So I'm looking at this as – my, the outfield right now, as I would, you know, looking in, I would have Hicks in center who uh, has a cannon for an arm and is a, a great defensive fielder. And, hey, with the bat last year, he was pretty good also. The big boys in the corners, however they want to work that out. Uh, it seemed almost as if Stanton would go to left. But whatever, they figured that out. Uh, that's not my job. Where I bother you that you're talking about that right now. Listen, the Mets got a little eye this weekend, so <laughs> we're doing all right ourselves. Um, <laughs> I just don't see where Frazier fits in then because um, they're both pretty young outfielders. So if you're telling me you want to keep him or you want to trade him for a better arm, I, a better arm. And I wouldn't mind keeping him. I think he, uh, who knows what's going on with Ellsbury and not. I think he could play center field if need be. I mean, worst case scenario, you, you keep him. That's a great worst case scenario, yeah, if you ask me. But I think they could get a much better return than Cole. Probably at the deadline when people are selling big time than they are right now. Mike, there are a lot of things Clint Frazier could turn into. He can turn into an awesome major league player that the Yankees employ, and they can do it after, you know, Ellsbury. If they can ship off Ellsbury and Gardner leaves after this year, like, there will be – that outfield depth will all of a sudden not be as crowded as it once looked. They can hang on to him, and, and, and I think that they can yield a greater return for Clint Frazier than Garrett Cole. If the Yankees really, really, really needed a starting pitcher right now, I'd be a little more open to it. I would trade Clint Frazier for a Michael Fulmer. I think Michael Fulmer has a little bit more of a prospect. Well, you're, asking, you're asking Detroit then to take on a prospect. Clint Frazier really didn't show you that much. He, he really didn't. If you look at his numbers this past season, he really, and I know he was hurt at times, uh, he went on the DL towards the end there. I mean, Michael Fulmer put together a really nice season. I would think the Yankees would have to pack it. That's a, you know, where it's Sheffield or Endahar or whatever his name is. That's where you have to put two or three you of those guys. the talent in Clint, though. His bat speed is off the charts, and he's very powerful. I think this is more of a Yankee fan being a Yankee fan here, trying to sell our uh, – The Tigers are the one putting Michael Fulmer out there on the block. Yeah, and then they want, the Yankees your, are, they want your kids, uh, for, you know, his first name after the Tigers. You know, they want to ransom. They're kicking the tires on him, and I think, you know, I, I'm not um, one to think that Clint Frazier would be enough for Michael Fulmer, but I certainly don't think that it would take – much more than Clint Brazier for Michael Palmer. And, and that's the bottom line is that pitching prospects are, or just pitching in general, it's valuable, but it's fickle. And if you can get something back for a guy like Michael Palmer, the Tigers are probably eager to do it because they are a complete dumpster fire right now, and they're selling the team. Go ahead, Goo. Am I the only one that has no problem on Jordan Montgomery being the number five? No, it has nothing to do with that. Because it has to do with it, so it, why are you going to trade all these prospects or another pitcher, Garrett Cole, right now, Montgomery's your five. I think the idea, and it's looking past this year also, because you're talking about Sabathia, who's going to be a year-to-year proposition right now. You're talking about filling, you know, you can never have enough starting pitching. That's just 
the 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 bottom line. Last year, Montgomery went nine and seven with three point eight eight ERA. I love George. Yeah, I mean, how many of those starts were five innings? I'll tell you, he's big on Green starting. What do you think of that? I actually like that idea of Green being a starter. I think it's I like open competition, and if and if Jordan Montgomery goes into next season and the Yankees have Garrett Cole or or Chad Green gets an opportunity and he looks really good and he has to start the year in Triple A, like there's worse things in the world than that happening. I think Montgomery more than earned an opportunity to, to pitch in this rotation next year, but I wouldn't kill myself to do it. Like how. He is the prospect. He's not going to fa- factor into the postseason rotation. But what I'm saying is, don't rip the bank for all these prospects. No, Garrett Cole, when you have got if Montgomery pitches next year, let's a four to five run every start. Do you have any games the Yankees win? I mean, what yeah, if we have? They're going to score more than four or five runs a lot. The only thing I'm saying is that Cliff Frazier is good for a guy like Michael Fulmer because Michael Fulmer is a legitimate front line starting pitcher who's cost controlled. And I just think that he's a guy who can factor into your postseason rotation. That's like what I. Admit. How close is Adams? Because he tore oh, up. He door. tore up the minors last year, and I was expecting that. to see him towards the end with September call-ups, and he just never came up. So if he is indeed ready, then I'll buy uh, with you guys that hey, we don't need to go get uh, get Cole. But um, listen, if it if for Frazier for Cole, I'm all for it. If you had to add uh, Andahar, I'm a little iffy, and I'm not. There's no way in hell I'm giving all three. For, Two for things Cole. I want to touch on real quick. Uh, Clint Frazier, back to you, thinking he's not all that good. He's still regarded as a very top prospect. He is. Telling what he showed in the MLB. Although I you, you, you weren't impressed by it, but he's I still regarded you, as that. But top. I sent you the list of the uh, Yankees' top prospects. He's not even on that anymore. He's not considered a pro- actual prospect by MLB's definitions anymore. He's graduated from that prospect class. Well, so he's not on the top ten anymore. He's past that. So let's get past him being called their top prospect. And another thing I want to talk about, I've grown completely on the idea of making Green a starter. Because you know what? Worst case scenario is you job him and he comes back and he uh, he sucks in the bullpen like Jabba did. Uh, you really lost your sixth or seventh inning guy. And I know that's an important role these days, especially when the Yankees run their bullpen, but that's a, that's a risk I'm willing yeah. to take. You saw yeah, Robinson, Stanley, right? yeah. Chapman, and uh, Big Dose. So. The bullpen is loaded. You yeah. were talking about a situation with Jabba where Jabba was legitimately the eighth inning guy, and he, and he was a much more important factor in his bullpen than Chad Green was. And Green was great, but the Yankees had three, four other guys who were, you know, There's no in that area. There's yeah, no it not, it, it, it's, it's, the baseball's a little bit different now than it was back when – and the way they handled Jabba was, was much harder. <laughs> During the year, it was just, yeah, I don't know. Can we take a guess real quick? Somebody tell me what you think Clint Frazier got in the last year. 226, Vinny? Uh, I know it was low. I'm going to go I'll, I'll go 220. 231. Uh, he struck out 43 times. is 134 at-bats. Uh, four home runs, 17 RBIs. He had a negative war. So I'm not saying that this kid is a bust. I'm not saying that at all. In, in fact, uh, he was regarded as a five-tool prospect. Yeah, yeah, he walked <laughs> through Aaron Judge's numbers from his first year and then let me know what he did this past year right after you let me know what he did the first year. Uh, <laughs> right now. I'm just saying that I think you guys are overvaluing Clint Frazier because he, maybe even because you have Judge, who knows? But he had a long home run for us, so we do have a little special uh, numbers. Numbers are numbers. I mean, look at Clint Frazier, minor league numbers. Yeah, give him some time. Good, judge him after a full season. So Judge, uh, Judge, when he was 24, 2016, he had 84 at bats, which is less than Frazier did. He batted 179, and then last season, I don't need to tell you the numbers. 52, 114. <laughs> you know, because I know. Right. It's so, nice uh, to hear him again, though. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell him. Sure. 
batted 248. So, uh, listen, I don't think he's turning into judge, but, you know, what do I know? I sit here with you guys, and I'm not a uh, – <laughs> so, uh, you got to give him a full season before you judge him. I'll just tell you that. Well, you're not going to give him a full season because you're telling me you're going to keep him as a fourth outfielder. <laughs> so he's still not going to get a full season. Well, I'm just saying the value is still there despite him with those yeah, numbers right off. People want Clint Frazier. Like, they do. They, they absolutely do. And as a Mets fan, a reason I would be ecstatic if I could say I had him in center field, Conforto in right, and uh, Cespedes in left. I would. I'd be ecstatic. But you're saying we need Michael Fulmer for him? Are you kidding me? Go on. No, I'm not saying. There'd be more to the I'm not saying I need Michael Fulmer for him. I'm saying I would give him up for a Michael Fulmer. I'm not eager to trade Clint Frazier. I'm just saying if I had to get somebody back for him, like Fulmer's a guy I would do it for, and Garrett Cole is not a guy I would do it for. They could get more than Cole. I think they could do better than Cole. I don't think they need that pitcher right this second. I think they could wait till maybe the deadline to get an ace or something. And if you want to yeah, look, and wait and till Fulmer gets traded at the deadline for Clint Frazier. <laughs> Let's look at it. Your Darvish is still yeah. free agent. I wouldn't mind Let's look you. at it real quick, though, from a Pittsburgh standpoint. They don't need an outfielder either. With Marte uh, is off the roids now and back. Um, Austin Meadows is the top prospect that they have. Andrew McCutcheon is there, and Polanco is there. You would imagine McCutcheon would get moved, but you still have no room for Frazier anyway. Yeah, I didn't really look at it from a Pittsburgh <laughs> perspective. Um, well, we can't just be biased uh, with well, the New York. Well, you know, yeah. he's so good, that's why they, they want him as a fourth out there like he is in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Doesn't make great, great asses, not a raw talent. <laughs> Um, okay. All right. Vinny wanted to preview uh, the NBA uh, on Christmas. No, let's get into Omar Minaya before you. Uh, There's nothing to talk about with Omar Minaya. <laughs> Why is he back? I don't, I don't know why he's back either because they extended Sandy Alderson, uh this week, and then they say, oh, we're going to bring Minaya in to scout talent. And for all the Mets fans out, look, it's not a bad move. Uh, Minaya actually is responsible for a lot of the pieces on the Mets. He drafted the Grom, Familia. Uh, he was the one that found Dickey uh, throwing in a you know in a backyard somewhere and traded him for Thor and uh, and Darno who sucks. But he has an eye for talent. It's just more of a slap in the face that the Yankees have brought in Stanton. They're talking Cole, and we bring in our ex GM that we fired for the current GM. Why do the Why do you care so much for the Yankees? No, but you have to. You have to, of course. Yeah. Living in New York, yeah. I mean, how, you know, you we bust Rob's chops about being an Islander fan. I mean, we base that off of being Ranger fans. The Mets fans really don't understand that they really only have ten million dollars to spend, whether they like it or not. Oh, so I understand. Why are they expecting to bring like Jay Bruce back for forty-five million dollars? Something that I'm confident that I'm going in with the same team right now. There you two, probably are. There are two kind of Mets fans. There are Mets fans who are reserved to the idea that, like, who can't get over the idea that the Mets are just operating on a different financial wavelength than the Yankees, and there are Mets fans who accept it. So when they sign guys like Omar Minaya, they're just like, okay. But there's certain guys who can't accept it, and they're just like, every time it happens, he drives them crazy, which I personally like those. <laughs> I, like, I like listening to those. Um, yeah, I mean, $10 million, and uh, every MLB team got $50 million uh, from some agreement that they made years ago, a contract. I think it was MLB TV, guys. Don't quote me on that. But they each team made a ton of money signing a deal with MLB TV. Each team this year got $50 million from MLB. So uh, to tell me that they, the Mets only have $10 million, I mean, that's the issue. You want to pay that credit card yeah, they did. The Mets are helping with the Islanders' new stadium. So uh, we're so broke there investing. Right? As, as, as far as the actual team goes, I'm telling you right now, the opening day outfield will be Juan Lagares. Um, <laughs> Brandon Nimmo and uh, and Nuanes Cespedes. So I would not expect Bruce. Right, well, Conforto will be hurt. The next team go after uh, 
Carlos Stanley because it's Stan Nemo. Right. That is true. Right. That is true. Brandon Nemo. Yeah. And he was Santa Claus, too. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did. He was, it was Nemo Claus. Nemo Claus. <laughs> Uh, just a, a yeah. The team is a is a joke, but <laughs> as you said, I've come to terms with it, so I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, <laughs> NBA on Christmas, guys. Uh, it's a full slate. It's awesome. Uh, it's, Favorite day of the NBA. It's actually becoming a, a pretty cool tradition. It's baby. awesome. Um, we'll start with uh, 12 o'clock. You have the 76ers at the Knicks. The Knicks can actually win home games on the road. They are dreadful. Um, listen, trust the process. They're 14 and 17 for a 76ers team. That's not bad. Knicks, 17 and 15. That's at 12. Uh, Vinny, we'll get your take on that. Oh, well, the Knicks have won 20 of their 32 home games. Wow. Well, that's crazy that they played that many home games already. Um, so they've got, uh, they got a load of uh, away games coming up, and they got to hold down the uh, home court here. Uh, they've been awesome at home. Uh, they've been terrible on the road. Uh, there's no spreads out either, so I want to take a guess at all these spreads as well and sure. see how well I do on them. I'm going to take the Knicks to get it done at home. I think they, there's a great atmosphere over there. I've been to many Christmas games there, and no matter how bad they are, the garden atmosphere is tremendous. Uh, I'm going to take the Knicks to win at home again because they've been pretty good there, and I'm going to take the spread is the Knicks giving one and a half. One and a half. Mike, any take on the uh, 76ers at the Knicks Christmas Day? I like the Knicks to win that game. But I just feel like that's a good – you know, the Knicks have had some, some tough losses this year, no doubt. But – I feel like a loss on Christmas Day at home to the Sixers would be, like, particularly stinging. And I just don't think the Knicks, this Knicks team is is going to deliver that. I think they're going to deliver in this spot. Like you said, obviously, they've been awesome at home. I think that that's a, it's going to be a really jolly Christmas. I feel like it's a nice, a really nice, solid Christmas win just to go with the ultimately feel-good story about this team. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that. I don't know what the line is, obviously. Just, you know, whatever. Just, I think the Knicks. I figured the Knicks were just hosting the Celtics, who are obviously one of the top teams in the East, and they were uh, getting two and a half at home uh, against the Celtics, and they beat the Celtics at home. That's how good they've been. So, um, and they did that. They beat the Celtics, and Chris has only put up one point yeah. against them. You're boy, hey, you not are, just relying on him. I will give you props. You love the Beasley signing when it happened. Yeah. And, uh, this week, he's put on quite a few. He is awesome. He single-handedly took down the Celtics over there. Chris Stapps had one point and zero field goals, and Michael Beasley came in there. I saw so you time. tweeted that Beasley is better than Carmelo. He is. <laughs> and, and everyone made fun of him when he came in. He had a quote. He said, I'm Carmelo on the left side. He is. Didn't give him all the uh, field goal opportunities that Carmelo gets. He'll probably shoot the same percentage, if not better. Beasley is better than Carmelo Anthony. I don't care what anyone says. And look at OKC. Yeah, no curry, which is a damper on Christmas. 3 p.m. game. Warriors still 10 and 0 in their last 10. Vinny, will uh, what's the spread going to be here? All right, you don't have your point guard showdown because no Curry, no Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is ready to go. He wanted to come in and shoot free throws. He's in the D League, isn't he? Uh, uh, I, I, I think they the said that. Did yeah, he yeah, down down? set them down to you know just play some games. Yeah, okay, he will not be present on Christmas. Neither will Steph Curry, but you still have the forward matchup of Durant and LeBron, which is pretty nice. The Warriors are home, and I know everyone's going to think I'm crazy when I say the spread. I think the Warriors are going to be giving five and a half to the Cavaliers at home. And I know that's a lot of points for LeBron, but it's going to be set there for a reason, and I think the Warriors will cover because they are sensational at home. I just like that under, man. The under. Whatever the under is. I, the only conviction I have about Christmas Day basketball are the unders. That's it. I, I subscribe to that theory. <laughs> uh, it always hits. It, it hits. It always It has. Always it's a couple of years. That's right. I, I forgot about that little theory. Christmas Day unders. I don't care what they are. So I'm taking them. And this one's pretty high. I bet you it's going to be around like 
212, 215. Lock it up. Uh, three more games, guys. We'll read them off quick as we have about five minutes to go. I want to give each of you your, your final thoughts here. Vinny, Wizards at Celtics at 530. All right. This one's probably the biggest spread of the whole entire slate, I think. Um, the Wizards just got blown out by the Nets. They were winning by 40. They look point. horrible, and they've been bad on the road too, Washington. So the Celtics are a very good team. I'm going to say the Celtics are going to give – uh, seven and a half will go. A seven and a half uh, favorite, maybe even eight. Uh, and they, I think they should cover it. Um, John Wall has been banged up a bit. And uh, the Celtics, they look pretty damn good. And they don't even have to rely on the back of Kyrie. That's team basketball over there. And they D up. I like the Celtics. Rockets Thunder at 8 o'clock. The Rockets are going to go in as favorites. And I like them to win because I hate OKC now. I loved OKC last year on the back of Russell Westbrook. I don't think that big three is working very well because Carmelo Anthony has always been the most overrated basketball player. And I'm going to go with the Rockets as minus three favorites minus going into OKC, and I like them to get it done. James Harden, three 50-point games this year. T-Wolves, Lakers, 10-30. And the Lakers are an interesting team because they snapped the Rockets' win streak, and they're the Kuzma's kid, the guy they got late in the draft. He's been spectacular. He's had three 30-point games in a row. The Lakers are pretty fun to watch, and they're young. We all know the deal with them. Um, Minnesota, I think they're going to be given – I think they're going to be given five, and I like the Lakers to come out there and win. So there you go. And uh, I'm sorry, real quick, before the final thought, guys, uh, LeVar Ball came out this week, and he wants to start a league that will transition players um, from high school into this league where, um, real quick, he's going to give the best player 10000 a month, the worst 3000 a month. All players will wear his big bowler brand stuff, 12-minute quarters, a pro three-point line, and this is something that is supposed to uh, give players another option, no college necessary. You don't need college, guys. College is overrated in <laughs> education. Is overrated. You come wear my $500 shoes, and uh, we'll get you drafted. So let's get your take on this. Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. I like the idea of players having an opportunity to go where they want. Um, I don't think it'll work because I just don't think that the, his league will ultimately give players a platform that they would get uh, playing in the NCAA. I think the talent depth would be bad if you're talking about the 80th best you know, high school prospect in the country like Folks don't want to watch that guy. So I, I like the idea, and I think that giving people an opportunity to jump out of high school, get paid to play professional basketball is, is great. Um, I just think ultimately it will not evolve into anything more than just a sideshow. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, I, I don't hate Lamar Bull. I, I like his entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset. I like, you know, that he's so trying like, to – I don't like his shoes. Yeah, I think it's a great guy. I, I, I think his, his brand's ridiculous, and, and – <laughs> Everything like that, but I, yeah, I actually I like the idea though. I really do. I think it's uh, I think the more opportunity, the better for for players. And you know, you can you put it in the hands of the kids. Like, do you want to go overseas? Do you want to go play with Lamar Ball? Do you want to go play in the NCAA? You figure it out instead of kind of being pigeonholed into one thing. So, Vinny, uh, your take here. Everything that comes out is not ridiculous, but he might be onto something here, honestly. And honestly, if somebody comes in there and does well and gets drafted and is a good NBA player, it needs to click fast. If that works out for him, this thing could actually grow. And he does have the money to fund it. He's got his son's a millionaire. He's got the big baller brand. He's got his reality show. The guy will get sponsors. It could work out, honestly. And there's been a big problem with everybody saying that the college player is not getting paid. So this might open the door to a new thing, but it's got to work right away, and they need a star to come out of it. I have um, a different take on it. And uh, <laughs> my take, real quick, uh, you know, I don't want to take up all the time here, but uh, having a son, uh, I want him to go get an education. God forbid he were to tear his ACL, any sort of injury in college, 
uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in pros, he needs to have some sort of backup. I mean, LeVar is then not going to hire him to go sell his shoes or something uh, and give him a job if he were to get hurt. I think having that uh, education or some sort of career to fall back on is much more important than going to get paid right away. But I guarantee you that kids are going to see this at a high school and say, I can go start getting paid now to play basketball. I bet you it's a big success. I agree with you both. that. Uh, and, Vinny, your take also that if they have one to jump out right away and make it, uh, I can see it really taking off because this is something that kids are uh, just seeing the dollar They've never seen money like that. Exactly. So exactly. they might jump into that. And funny thing, uh, now that Leandro Ball's out of UCLA, the NCAA suspended the other two guys about <laughs> that Chinese uh, – <laughs> Uh, stealing incident, pretty funny. I don't think that would have happened if Leandro was still there. One minute left. We didn't talk XFL, but uh, we'll talk about it Thursday's show. Mike, hopefully you give us a call. We'd love to get your take on that. 30 seconds. Mike, give me a final take. Um, will not work. Uh, we'll probably be trash, just like it was last time. <laughs> uh, I'm interested. I like Vince Man, but just, like, we'll be garbage. And my final take, Floyd Mayweather's back in the news, and that's just because he likes being back in the news. He will not sign a UFC deal. He will not make a billion dollars in that deal. If he wants to do five more fights in Boston, he'll get a billion dollars. He's not going in the octagon. He just loves the news. All right. Real quick, we have a Facebook question from earlier. Peter yeah. wants to know if Mike, if your legs hurt from doing the running man last night. <laughs> um, they are a tad bit sore. Um, it's starting to – I stretch out a little bit this morning. Um, I'm still feeling a little bit, but I, I think by tonight I should be ready to go. Great question from Pete, who's always yeah. a, a big-time contributor to the show. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be on Twitter for any – next show is Thursday. Goon will put out a time on Twitter. Mike, thank you for sitting in. You did a great pleasure. job, man. Thank, thank you for the invitation. Anytime. It was an honor. Awesome. Uh, Goon, hit the clip of Vinny saying goodnight. Good night, everybody. And there Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.